Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And like I say all the time, understanding has come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Insight has come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, we studied the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon describes some people as fools. And I find out, you know, the, the people that are real fools, who don't have any understanding by faith. You know, you know what Paul said, uh, the, the book of Hebrews, we are told that by faith we understand. If you want to know who is foolish, it's somebody who doesn't, somebody who faith is not telling anything. Every decision, every judgment is made by sight. It's by faith that you are supposed to understand. If you look at the country, it is what faith is telling you that is important. It's not what the newspapers are telling you. If you look at your life, you look at your family, you look at your career, you look at your future, you look at your destiny, it is not what things are telling you. It is what faith is telling you. He said, by faith we understand. That's Hebrews chapter 11. By faith we understand. Understanding comes to us by faith. Spiritually speaking, the fool is a person who does not who faith is not talking to. When, Paul, when, when Solomon was talking about uh, f- um, those who are fools, he was referring to those who don't have understanding about life. Who just wake up in the morning, just go about, they are buying and selling, they can't, they don't know how to do accounting. You understand? They, are, they don't know the principles of life. Those are the people he called fools. Then the ones he called wise were those who were schooled, who had understanding. But the spiritual aspect, wisdom is only when you have understood the word of God. So who are those who are fools, spiritually speaking? They are the people that faith is not talking to. You are getting my point. They want to make predictions concerning their children. So the way I've been looking at this boy, <laughs> everything you tell him, he forgets. This boy can never do well. He's his own child. <laughs> so this one is too scattered. He can never go far. <laughs> you look at this boy. You know these women, they don't know how to handle money. And you're talking about your wife. Prophetic utterance. Be it unto you according to your words. As I have heard you say in my hearing, that's what God said. That's the, people don't realize it. So you look at your children, it is, you look at the child and say, what is faith telling you about this child? That's what matters. That's what you are supposed to believe. He said, by faith we understand. The person who's walking wisely is a fellow who faith is talking to. Let me just ask you before you sit down. What is faith telling you about your life? What is faith telling you about your, your health? What's faith telling you about your destiny? What's faith telling you about your children? What is faith telling you about your country? The problem in Nigeria right now is not people who are stealing money. It's Christians who are not operating by anything that faith is telling them. That is the word of God I've told you. That's not a joke. The problem with this country is not the people who are stealing money. It's not bad governance. That's not the problem. It is Christians... Who faith is telling nothing. Every opinion they hold is the same one you hear in Beer Palace. That's how you know you don't believe anything. I don't care whether you're a man of God. If I tune to Radio Biafra, and what you are saying is what you are saying, you are talking foolishly. 
If I buy Guardian, and your interpretation of the destiny of the nation is exactly what's inside the Guardian, especially when it is negative. If it's a positive side, as maybe they are walking by faith, <laughs> then you are walking foolishly. If everything you are saying about life is, the, is what the fellow on your left and your right are saying, then you are walking foolishly. Because faith must give you what? Understanding. The Bible says, by faith we understand. That's what marks Christians out. It's not by science we understand. And let me tell you something. Solomon said, I have more understanding than my teachers. Because your testimonies are my meditation. I mean, I've had practical like, you know, testimonies of that in my own life. Naturally speaking, I studied the sciences that make you a medically qualified person. And I took it to advanced level. I ended up I'm reading and we laughing. <laughs> I'll read some things. I said, this thing is a lie. They said, do you know, have you done your own research? I said, this is not what the word of God says. I said, you are talking as if life, one day, nothing was going on the highway of nothing, near to the corner of nothing, you know, in the district of nothing. And then nothing happened to nothing, and everything appeared. They call it the Big Bang. I said, no, I can't believe that. So when you're interpreting life, it's as if everything is an accident. So it's behind everything interpretation. So anytime I see interpretation like this is an accident, I say it's a lie. Why? The word of God has given me understanding. I know the earth was created. So there's a creator, there's a design. When I'm teaching my students, I say something, they laugh anytime I want. For some of them, they cross it with me. When I want to explain something, I tell you, I tell you about the infinite wisdom of God. It's everlasting kindness and it's eternal message. I said, he puts everything together and that's how it's like this. I said, that's why your body heals. That's why you enjoy yourself. You expect the wound to close after a few days. You are getting what I'm saying? I said, yeah. said, that is because there's a design. Now, because of that, I interpret events of life differently. Faith gives me what? Understanding. And many of you have seen, I will say, I will tell you, this thing is not true. Then after a long time, they say, okay, they have found out that it is not like they used to say. The world's oldest woman died a few days ago. Less than two weeks ago, she died. And they said she hated vegetables and hated fruits. Did you hear what I said? She hated what? Vegetables and hated fruits. What did she used to eat? Those things that they said will kill you. The, <laughs> the woman used to eat meat, plenty of it, eggs and pasta. No, macaroni, spaghetti. So that's what she liked. Fruits, no, 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 no. She didn't like it. And she lived to be the world's oldest person. A hundred and seventeen years old was she when she died. If I tell many of you this, you'll be surprised. It has not been shown that jogging makes you live longer, even medically speaking. But you don't realize it. You just have, you believe it. A footballer dropped dead the other day. Feet, and then he dropped dead. <laughs> Look, you know, one time I read, I laugh. You know why? Because for a long time, faith had given me understanding. I realized that long life is a gift of God. There are spiritual principles that connect with long life. God didn't say, thou shalt roast thy lamb well, then shall be well with thee in the land. He didn't say so. That you dwell long. No. Say, honor your father and your mother. That means long life is not what you eat. It is who you honor. Yeah. True. <laughs> Listen, faith gives understanding. That's what, look, I did I get into that apostle? I was trying to say, we declare that we are, you know, I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. That understanding of faith comes to you again today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that you will not walk blindly. 
And listen, what you believe, what the word of God produces as expectation in your life, it will never disappoint. That's not the word hope. Hope is that you interact with God's word, it produces an expectation. That's hope. You interact with the word of God, it produces an expectation. And I'm saying to you again today, it will not disappoint you in the name of Jesus. Faith will give you understanding again this evening. By faith, you will understand. In the name of Jesus Christ. Faith will fill you with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You will please him in all respects. You will bear fruit in every good work. And you will increase in the knowledge of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats and continue learning how to pray and how to form a habit of prayer. Do you know why we believe a lot of those funny things we believe? It's the principle of propaganda. What do I mean by principle of propaganda? If they keep on telling somebody something, if you keep hearing it, no matter how stupid it is, after a long time, people will start believing it. Yeah, that's it. Just keep repeating something. Just keep repeating it. That all these things around you came out of nothing. Nothing was on the road one day and was going nowhere. Okay, sorry. Nothing was on no road and was going nowhere and nothing was happening. And then suddenly, nothing did not hit nothing. And in the process of nothing happening, nothing suddenly exploded. It formed the whole universe. Do you know what? Adults believe it. It's so ridiculous, but adults believe it. Why? They hear it again and again and again. This after that, nothing exploded with a great force. Very great was the force of explosion that formed the stars. After billions of years, the stars said we are tired of being gases. They coalesced and became rocks. And the rocks gathered and formed something like the earth. And then the things on the rocks on the earth started shaking against each other. And there was water from somewhere. Where did the water come from? Because when the gases that exploded at the beginning of nothing mixed with each other, they agitated themselves so much, they began to form different atoms. Then one of them combined and combined and then became oxygen. Oxygen combined with one of the basic ones and became water. And the water condensed around the earth alone. Because they have not found water anywhere else. Where people are living, I mean, they find them on asteroids and all of that. A lot of them conjectures. Then one day, gas formed around our earth. Why did it happen? No reason. No reason. They just felt like happened. They didn't feel like happened. They just happened. And then one day, some atoms combined and began, and they learned how to combine. Who taught them? Nothing. There's no need to learn. It just, just happened. Then they became DNA and they replicate each other regularly. And then one day, finally, all this nothing began to walk, began to think, and began to teach each other and lie to themselves that there is a God. And that is how God came into existence. It sounds ridiculous, but this is exactly what is taught today. It sounds ridiculous, right? But that's exactly what's being taught. It's the foundation of science. Well, it's not, it's not really the foundation. The real foundation has been covered up. Those who studied science didn't think like that. If you thought like that, that would mean there is no order. Science tries to seek the order in things. So those who think like that could not 
have looked for order because there will be no order. The complexity of life, that complexity alone lets me know that these things could not have happened by chance. It couldn't have happened by chance. Once I told, I gave an illustration. I don't know whether I was here. I was teaching some students. I said, imagine a building collapses or there was an earthquake and you find a human being that died. Maybe after you're digging the rubble, you find a human being that died who has been cut into five equal parts and the head and the other parts kept equal distance from each other, neatly arranged. Now, a building collapses. Will people die inside? Yes. Earthquake happens, people die? Yes. But you find that order inside, or under a rubble of a building that collapsed. Instantly, police start investigating murder before the earthquake. Because they know this could not have been a result of earthquake. Why? <laughs> this is too well arranged. Yeah, the same people tell me that I should believe that the order in my life is a game of chance. Who's fooling who? But why do people believe it? That's what I'm talking about it. They tell them again and again and again. It is repeated all the time. Children grow up hearing only that. Adults hear it when they're in elementary school, secondary school, university. They get degrees on the nothingness of the origin of things. And then the man now comes with a title professor. And thank God I work in the academic sector. And I know being a professor does not say anything about your intelligence. No. It says zero. If you somebody is a professor of medicine, don't let, him, don't, don't let him fool you that he's a good doctor. Why? Those who work hard at treating patients, you are there as slow as becoming professors. You are promoted upon the number of papers you write and push out. Not on how good you are at caring for patients. What happens is a matter of fact. Yet a man who knows nothing takes a title professor and comes out. This is an interesting part. He speaks about what he doesn't know. There's a professor I knew was a professor in medical field. I was going around speaking on diet. I was pinching people. <laughs> I said, this person is not a professor of diet. <laughs> but people don't know. You just say, ah, he'll get up. He said, today let's welcome Professor Okemuti. <laughs> He's going to speak to us on how to maintain our engine. You know, when you hear Professor Okemuti speaking on how to maintain our engine, you instantly think he's a professor of you know, automotive engineering. You won't know he's a theology professor. <laughs> Who only knows how to maintain his Bible? You now come and say, well, when you wake up in the morning, pour en- uh, vegetable oil, <laughs> two cups, mix it with your petrol before you start your car. And CVMS will just faint where he is. <laughs> Today we say, what is going on here? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. He said, he called this person a professor. He said, he's a theology professor. Honestly, I still have those kind of things. And people will pay, now that's why I'm talking about all of this. People will pay attention. And they pay attention. And you know what's happening? Their faith is disappearing daily. So if somebody who doesn't know anything will say, if you eat egg, you will die. The man will get home and tell the children, no egg eating in this house. So before they eat egg, before they start eating, did you fry egg? Quarrel between husband and wife on egg. Why? One joker who doesn't believe in God came and told them in church that don't eat egg. 
say when you, you when you want to eat meat, make sure it is white meat, because red meat causes problems. No medical publication to support it. Ninety percent of the population believes what I've just told you. They don't know it has no support. You see, lean meat is good for your soul. The Bible said they used to kill fatted calf. Is that what's your Bible? Yeah. That's why I don't believe in anything. I said, like, like, the Bible says the fatted one that is good. I will not know this one you're saying. They killed the fatted calf. I ain't eating any limit. Give me the fatted calf. It's in my bed. <laughs> it's true. That is what is in the scriptures. Fatted calf. Now tell you, when Nama trek from the north to the south, it's good for you. Nama is feeling angry with everybody. You know, I mean, why Jesus said, collect the food, close your eyes, and do what? Give thanks. If you do that, the food is sanctified. We spend all the time listening to the other side, our faith disappears. When an average person picks his food, you know, the one they now do that, they call calorie counting. I like the reprints. The reprints and all of these are doctrines of demons. I always like to quote the reprints so that they won't say I'm the one that said it. The Red Prince said, You're talking, they said I drink this one that I drank carrot juice until I turned yellow. It's all these diet fats, they are doctrines of the demons. That's what he said. And I believe him. Food, they visit you, they sell food. The person just thank God for food. He has an app that tells him how many calories is in the food. Listen to me. Science, no, even research is now showing that people like that usually die earlier. What I told you is not a joke. It's been shown that those who adhere strictly to those regimens, all right, they have a sli- it's not much, it's not much. The difference is not much. But they have a slightly higher chance of dying earlier. If the average age of death for those who don't adhere is, let's say, 65, those people are like 64.2, which shows that they have no advantage. Yeah, people are going about calorie counting. It's not how you see them. They are looking unhealthy. One of my friends told me that he went abroad, so he went to visit his sister. He said, Banky, her children were anemic. He said, they don't eat well in America. It's not possible not to eat well in America unless you have a mental problem or something. Because if no, the food, food is so available. That's everybody that goes to America, except they are particularly disciplined. They always add weight. He said, my sister's children were anemic. I said, what happened? He says, he says she's eating organic, organic this, don't eat this, don't eat that. Meanwhile, God said, sit down, receive things with thanksgiving. There will be a blessing to your life. Listen, that's why many, many of you know me for a long time. All of this is me, I don't, I, they don't worry me. They say, don't eat red meat. I carry red paint, pour on top of my meat before I eat it. <laughs> If I don't eat something, it's just because I don't like it. Or the thing is very unnatural, that this is not good. You know, there are things that, you, for example, now, if you are going, have you ever tried cooking with, um, what do you call it? Um, spare grass, yes. Spare grass. You've not tried cooking with spare grass. Thank you, because it's not doable. That, that's, these are the kind of things I don't eat. <laughs> now, please, what am I talking about this? Why do we love this? Is, is what they focus on. They focus so much, and listen, what you focus on 
listen, it's not innocent. These things are combating. They are spiritual things, though. They focus on those negative things so much. When they eat their food, their food is now poison to their system. Literally poison. But if we, if we are done the right things, which is focusing on God's word, that's what I'm talking about. That's where my preaching is going, actually. Let me tell you what it is. Let's open our Bibles, all right? I want to quickly bring out something. This is why I began all of this. Let's go to that book of Matthew, which we all know very well. The book of Matthew, chapter 6. He said from verse, um, let me just start from verse 9. He said, Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, this way I want verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is written or recorded in heaven. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Now, please note that verse 10. Your will be done on earth as it is written in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it has been predetermined or recorded in heaven. And I t- pray the other one, give us their daily bread and all of that. Please, just let's stop in that verse 10. Now, this is what God, listen to this. So this is actually what the Lord is doing. And that's what prayer is about. We have established that he said, men ought always to pray. Prayer must be what? A habit. It must be a continual thing. Prayer, he said, be devoted to prayer. Praying is something you do all the time. Last time I explained that my son gave me a report about his exam. And without realizing it, I gave him a response. I just said, the Lord will show you favor. And I didn't even think about it until I entered into the room. And my wife was listening to the conversation. And she now pointed out what I said to him. I did not know I had prayed. That this prayer had become what? A habit in that particular scenario. And therefore, that's that's what life is about. The Lord wants us to make prayer a habit. Praying is a habit. Now, Jesus was teaching us how to pray here. One of the things he told us is to say, your will be done on earth as it is recorded in heaven. That is, what he is doing is converting that which he wrote in the realm of the spirit, okay, into existence through our prayers. And this prayer is a habit. For example, when I get to the matter of food, when God wants to give us health, one of the ways he passes health into our system is through our food. You take from the Lord Jesus an example there. He always prayed about his food with thanksgiving. The prayer was always a prayer of thanksgiving. What is that doing? That is creating that which exists in the realm of the spirit into reality, physically speaking now. What am I saying? So, what the world tries to do is to focus us on things that are wrong. And when we say wrong now, they are not in line with what the Lord said. They are not in line with the recorded will of God. The things are expressed to us. They focus on it all the time. They make you panic, you know. They tell you that... um, you know, there's a cult now. I mean, they didn't call it a cult. I'm the one calling it a cult. Worshipping the environment. Everything is about the environment. Environment will spoil. Environment will finish. Water is about to finish. Why? We are too many on the earth. Fresh water is going to finish. There will be no water for us again. So what do you do? Learn to conserve water. So they actually advocate that you should stop eating meat. I'm not joking. These are things I read in maybe like Newsweek. That we shouldn't eat meat. Beef. All right? Beef. Why? The, the concept is to reduce the demand for beef. Yeah, maybe you should go and eat fish. Now, the reason is that fish is already swimming inside the ocean. That's not the, they will soon find a problem with that later, but let's just start with this one. <laughs> and this is the issue about it. They calculated the amount of water needed to produce one kilogram of beef. And they will show you the number of 
maybe the thousands of liters of water. And this is Nama, that this cow, drinks fresh water. And they say fresh water will finish. So if each cow has to drink this amount of gallons of water over a lifetime before you slaughter it, that shows the amount of water that will finish in the environment. So if you just stop eating meat, this amount of water you will save for the environment. I was reading it, I couldn't believe my ears or my eyes. That you mean adults wrote this? And let me tell you, the more they talk about it, the more people start believing, no matter how ridiculous it is. I wanted to subscribe to The Economist, you know, there was a time because I like the articles, very, very, you know, insightful. Just before I subscribed, so I could be reading the full magazine every week, it will come out. I read an article. By the time these people finished, they wrote a good article, thoroughly, apparently well-researched article on why legalizing prostitution is good. I don't know whether it's the same Economist or Time magazine. I read, they gave you the life of four prostitutes, how their lives were so decent. One of them a married woman, so she goes to work in Vegas as a prostitute for a week and comes home on weekends. Look, I'm telling you, they wrote it very nicely. I read through it, and what was it? They are trying to introduce to you that what is wrong with prostitution? An adult wants to do it, why not? Another one wrote, and I'm telling you, this, 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 this thing I'm telling you, they're in big magazines. They wrote a detailed article on why they started by telling a story about a man who met his daughter when she was 18. They, had, they, they, they didn't live together for, from the time she was, she, she divorced the mother early, you understand? So they finally reunited by the time she was 18, and according to her, it was love at first sight. And this man started sleeping with this girl. They, they had, the, I'm telling you, a relationship, a sexual relationship. And by the time writing this article, it had been going on for like two or three years. And the article was how loving the man is, how compatible they are, and after what is wrong with it. And they coined a new word for it. I don't want to tell you the word so as not to popularize it in your mind. That is not make it, I don't want to poison your thoughts. But the words is a, 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 a line play of words. They took some words, but they are going to repeat it enough until people start believing that what's the big deal. What am I saying? That, well, I, I gave these two uh, stories to let you know what Satanism tries to do. They push it in your face. I, I brought those two stories to let you know that. It, you know, you see how ridiculous. How can some, but they started in the story. They repeat it again and again. By the time they repeat it for a generation, children born reading those stories will become adults with those things normal. They become legislators one day. They will vote to legalize prostitution, vote to legalize incest, vote to legalize mother marrying son, son marrying mother, uh, uh, sorry, daughter marrying father. Why? They hear it all the time. The, 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 the water one. That's the, they started like that. Worshipping the environment. They tell you the story again and again and again and again. And they throw fear into your life. That's it. The environment is going to die. So you now see Christians, go, people, not Christians, going around not eating beef. Why? Somebody taught them to be afraid for the environment because God is so stupid. Oh no, there's no God. That's it. I mean, only a person that exists that can be stupid, right? There's no God. So the water that formed by accident is not enough. 
I try to remember when I was in secondary school that water moves in a cycle. Water is not destroyed. Even if you use it for power generation, it goes up as steam, condenses and falls back on the earth. So what are they trying to do? Please, I'm going somewhere. Their will, that's what I'm talking about. God wants his perfect will to be done. Now, that which he created in the realm of the spirit, which he wrote down, that he wants to bring into existence, he says, for it to, now listen to this, for it to come into existence, it has to be a prayer point. It is a prayer point. That's why he gave it to us. If it was not a prayer point, all of those things would not happen. So when, what Satan tries to do is to distract us, we start looking at other things. Pastors come to church, and who, what are they preaching about? Not the word of God now, but diet. They come to church, not the word of God. I mean, this last MMM thing, pastors, all the high charities, MMM, partner with you, you know, you know, like I said, a fool and his money is quickly separated, even if he's a pastor. Are you getting my point? You know, they came to church and pastors were taking the time that they were supposed to use to execute or establish the will of God in the heart of the people of God on how they can make quick money. One day, a pastor sent a message out into a child group that my wife belongs to. And if you want quick money, somebody turned 1,000 naira to 15,000 in two months. If you want to know more about it, ask me. My wife said, let me tell you more about it. I helped her too. I supplied some scriptures. She downloaded like 10 scriptures on quick gain. And said, man of God, this is what God says about quick money. How it works from 1,000 to 15,000 in two weeks is not my business. All I know, the Bible says, this is the word of God about quick money, quick gain. So, and the final thing is that I should not indulge in it. I'm not going to call you on how it happened. I am not even interested. What am I saying? Thy will be done on earth. What is the will of God? I must hate quick gain. That's what I'm telling Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? That the will of God is that which God has established. And by prayer, we bring it into existence in our own lives. When pastors bring people to start telling you how to take care of the environment and put fear in your heart, they are not establishing the will of God. It's unfortunate, even these diet fads will not Christianize it. One that was raining one time, they call it what? Hallelujah diet. Listen, when I say this, sometimes it appears like I'm joking, but today I want to say it, and I'm not joking about it. That word is an insult to the name hallelujah. That phrase. Because the diet is not hallelujah anything. Hallelujah means what? Praise the Lord. That is, let my food praise the Lord. Let my eating praise the Lord. But when you now say, I must not eat food that is cooked before one o'clock, how does that praise the Lord? How does it praise the Lord? When the Bible says, I should receive everything with thanksgiving, how does this praise the Lord? But they put hallelujah inside it, and Christians get fooled into participating in what the prince calls, and I agree with him, doctrines of demons. Please, what do I want to say? I'm going to establish something. That we often focus on what the world presents to us. They repeat it again and again and again and again and again and again. We buy it. And then, see, one major thing is that time is limited. What I mean is this. You have 24 hours in a day. The time you focus on something, there's what they call opportunity cost in economics. It's the time you are not focused on another thing. So what the world does is that it gives us something to occupy us so much 
that we, are not, we don't have the time to focus on the will of God so that it can be converted into reality in our lives. Are you getting my point? The word of God is reality. The word of God framed what we are seeing. And for the next thing he wants to do to happen, he says we should focus on that word and pray it into existence. That's what I'm talking about. But Satan tries to distract us. That's the aim of Satan. Cause distraction so that the people cannot focus on that which God wants to do. They are so focused on saving water from finishing. So every day they are planning what to eat and not to eat so as to contribute their own quota in saving fresh water. So madame goes to to, to, uh, to market now. Doesn't talk to the beef man anymore. Why? Your beef is eating, uh, sorry, is drinking water and is depleting fresh water in the environment. Very soon ozone layer will join it and finish. Don't ask me how they connect. They will soon connect it. That's just the way it works. Now, what am I going to explain? In that process, the people have lost the time, the opportunity to download the will of God into the earth. You are getting my point. Talk about this long life matter. Please listen to this. I'm very serious about it. Every day, people talk about how to take care of your health. Very few times do you see even churches. They will organize, you know, health programs. Health experts will come and preach in church. I told you once, I was listening to radio, and I heard the Reverend Sister say, she was on a team that was um, um, educating the populace about glaucoma. And I said, preach glaucoma the way she will preach the word of God. That was her statement. She said that because she's a religious person. That's why I pointed out to you that she's a reverend sister. She said, preach glaucoma the way you preach the word of God. Because she has a background of the word of God. She has been so overwhelmed by glaucoma talk that she's not telling people, preach the glaucoma like you preach the word of God. If you were God, is that, is that not an insult? Preach the work of the devil the way you preach the word of God. Preach the work of the enemy the way you preach the word of God. Doesn't make any sense. But she, she was not a wicked person. She had just been so overtaken by it. So every day you buy a newspaper, you hear today's World Diabetes Day. Yes. World Glaucoma Day. World Dementia Day. No, all of these things exist. The last one I saw was the World Osteoporosis Day. There's World Tuberculosis Day. World Nadecrease Day. I'm telling you, everybody's crazy day. I'm telling you the truth. Now, and of course, they have good intentions. Don't get me wrong. They have good intentions. What is the idea? Get people aware. Early detection. Prevention. As good as it is, like they say, the good is the enemy of the best. You know that. As good as it seems, you focus in the faces of the children of God on diabetes, on glaucoma, on heart disease, on hypertension, on osteoporosis. They think the whole earth is about those things. And listen to me, no matter how much you try to prevent it, the fact is that you tend to bring into reality what you are focused upon. I, I was listening to Kenny Hagin once. I think I've told this story not too many times here. A man, his wife was going to divorce him. In fact, she had made up her mind to divorce the man. This is an American. Uh, but just agreed that because he said he was going to see Kenneth Hagin, she agreed to come with him 
before she would go through with the divorce. Why? Twice, they had caught him molesting young girls, children. And this man is about 60. All right? And it happened a number of times. Twice they caught him. We don't know the number of times that they, they, you know, they wasn't caught. And the things were getting worse. And the wife had noticed. And the wife wanted, you know, that's why she was, get, she was tired and she was going to leave him. All right? But she now agreed to come and see the, the preacher. Now, do you see why I'm talking about it? Kenegin said to him instantly that you have two demons in you. And you see, there are people that tell you people have demons and you just brush it aside. All right? There are people that always see demons. If your door doesn't open, they say, the demon that said this door should not open. Right now, we command you. You say, Oga, take a key, turn it properly. The demon will leave. All this commanding demon of door. Let's leave that thing. All right? The demon that said your car should jam, you didn't learn how to drive properly. Go and learn it. The demon will leave your car alone. And I'm not talking about that. But there are men that they don't say such things lightly. He said, instantly he had a word of knowledge. In that descending of spirit, he knew this man had two demons in him. And they were the things, the, 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 the spirits driving him to do those things. And I don't know whether the wife said it or he said it himself, or the man told him that. What's going to happen is that one day you are going to end up killing one of those girls, and they are going to catch you. I mean, the man himself said it, that he knows that one day he will kill one of the girls. They will catch him, they will sentence him to death. He knew it was going to happen. That's why he became desperate and came for help. And Kenegin just said to him simply, listen, you have two demons. I could cast them out and they will leave, but I will not. The man said, why? He said, because if I do, they leave. As soon as you leave here, they are going to come back. And by a man, for a man who has the experience, he knows they come back worse. Yeah. The Bible says they bring, out seven, they bring seven spirits more wicked than themselves. So he said, I'm not going to cast the, the, the spirits out because it's going to be worse for you. Now, you see where I'm going. So what are we going to do? He said, I only cast the demons out on one condition. That you will do exactly what I'm about to tell you. Now listen to this. How did the demons go? In, come? Okay, he said, first, he told the man. The man was a professor, so I, or he had a PhD in psychology. With an, he was an expert in criminal minds. Especially in those uh, sexual criminals. So can I again told him, I'm talking about what you focus on. The man never wanted to do that evil. But he read the book so much, he opened the door to the devil. So he told him, the first thing you are going to do, you are going to collect all your psychology books, all your criminal mind books, all your PhD books. First thing you do, you burn them. That's where the demons came from. That's what I'm telling the whole story. So the man went back. The demon agreed. He said, number two, you will study the word of God a certain amount of time only. Weekly. He gave him a, a prescription for scripture. You meditate on God's word. He, I think the man, I don't know why, but the man gave his life to Christ then. He prayed for him that the man be, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the man went back home, burnt the books. And continued to focus on God's word. He saw the man again years later. The man was looking fine. His marriage had become stronger. All the demons of God. Oh, I forgot to mention that when the man agreed to that, he prayed there and he commanded the evil spirits to come out of the man and they left. And the man became normal. He said, I saw him next a few years after. He was still perfectly normal. Why am I talking about it? Who would have thought 
He was a psychologist so he could help people. He was a psychologist so he could understand criminal minds. Yet, in focusing on those things, the spirits came into him and he began to operate the very things he was reading. Let me tell you something there. There are things the Bible doesn't command against. Hmm? From experience, we will tell you, don't go near. Let me tell you, young men and women, disappear from pornography. That is, this, you know what they call disappear? Vanish. You know, people want to resist certain temptation. You know, I've said, it, I don't know what, okay, what's Michael that I was teaching? Some people want to resist temptation. They are resisting it late. Why? They are resisting the fruit of a temptation they fell for last month. It's a seed that's been planted. When a man has said, ah, I will not carry a shewo. You will carry a shewo. You don't realize. Because, you know, listen, these things are spirits. I told you the story about a man of God who because he wanted money, he went to go and join those who use familiar spirits to give word of knowledge. You come to them, they start seeing visions for you. Oh, yesterday you were doing this. Familiar spirit. And those who don't know, they are impressed. Of course, he had a lot of money. I am not kidding about it. So all these big, big posters you see, prophets all over town. Nine out of ten of them operate familiar spirits. There's one young one I see around in Enugu. I say, this boy. Obviously, you are using familiar spirit. Because you don't just get to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Who knows you? Nobody. And when I hear the arrogance with which he behaves, this guy doesn't have the spirit of God. You don't need anybody else to tell you. So no matter which vision he's seeing, get away. We've seen worse things before. People who saw more than you were operating devils. So are you the first? The man I'm telling you about, the person that told me, I said, that guy, he, he ran to one other pastor for help. Do you know why? He'll go for a program. By the time he's done with preaching, you know, these posters, you say, come, come, come. When he's done, he has collected people's three cars. You know, when he finished giving word of knowledge, now he collects their cars, things like that. So when he was coming back to his town, he kept, he, convoy of cars, he made, you know what I mean? He make money. He made these cars from the program, Christian program. But, that's what I'm talking about it. So there's one thing that happens to him every time. Every time he's done with preaching, that night he always always sleeps in the hands of a harlot. He can't help it. He finish preaching, an overpowering urge will control him, drive him to the red district of town. He'll pick one of the women, take him back to his hotel room. Where did he get it from? From the love of money. The family, evil spirits don't work by themselves. Though. They have friends. They have bodyguards. Because some of these spirits, they can get injured by human beings. So, they come... <laughs> No, when I say this, you laugh. But you know it's in the Bible. Jesus says something. You drive out the spirit. When he's coming back, for security reasons, he brings the full spirits more wicked than himself. It's for security. When they cast him out last time, he said, man, those guys were powerful. So I'm going to go with seven of my friends, making me more difficult to cast out. So this is a spirit. I'm talking about something. When I talk about pornography, you keep away. Do you know why? The Bible didn't say don't. But we know that it's a door opener. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It opens doors. It turns a decent man into a serial adulterer. We are again with you. What did the Bible say? Don't be stupid. Everything you do with your life is opening a door to a spirit. Every single thing, every association, every book you read, every kind of music you put over in your earphones and you sleep with is opening a door to a kind of spirit of different grades and magnitudes. Some of them are small, small spirits of, we will worry you, will become hypertensive. 
Some of them are small, small spirits, good ones now, of will calm your spirit down in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. Just by putting Natalia Basiabi. Yeah, he just sings for you as you go to sleep. He's letting small, small spirits don't realize it, but they are good spirits. Angels are hanging around you. They are finding you to sleep. They are finding you to sleep. All the troubles that used to disturb you, they don't disturb you anymore. When you want to think of your troubles, you think of the goodness of God. Do you get my point? Then when you now come, don't you now? You now pick, um, okay, then let, let me, now you talk Davido, not me, you know, because I never listened to him. I don't know what he said. But Apostle Kim, they say, you now put Davido. Okay, what, is it P square? Touch me, I touch you. Man, no, they vex. Now, so married man, they go for a road. Woman, go touch you, no, go vex. You have been primed not to vex. You, are you getting my point? They open spirits. That's how it is. They open small, small spirits. They open doors. Believe me, many of these don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this. People focus on it and say, this is the source of health. Listen to me. They open doors for the spirits of infirmity. I am not kidding. I mean that literally as I said it. There's what is called anorexia nervosa. Many of us may have heard of it. Sometimes girls, common in girls, of course, they develop it usually when they want to slim down and become very slim and start looking like Agbani. That's the last person where I know Agbani direct go of those days. Medicine will have an explanation. It's, they say it's a psychological condition. I saw a man who says it's a problem with selenium, uh, concentration in the body, all kinds of things. But a lot of times, it's pure demons. Demons that entered because they went into a particular diet fad with the reprints called Doctrines of Demons. That's why it's been, and I told you earlier, it has not been shown that people live longer for following all those fads. Everything you do in life, listen to me, is on introducing a spirit. So when you want to start something, ask yourself, which spirit is it introducing? No, if you don't know, go and find out. You have a new friend. You guys are hanging out together. After a while, you that didn't used to complain before, then suddenly, this country is useless. This country is bad. What is the head of state doing? Should resign. Eh? What is going on here? You want to kiss some? You will know when somebody has acquired a new friend. If you see me now, sit down now and start arguing over whether Liverpool should have scored that goal. <laughs> what was Manchester City doing? When Manchester, dis, sorry, is it United or disunited? The other day I was, I, I was listening to news. They said, should I say when I go? And like, how does it concern me? <laughs> One day somebody sent me a joke. That I said, when I said, I will leave. When Robert Mugabe re- retires from being head of state. Robert Mugabe said, I will retire from head of stateship. When I say when I go, so I did, do you know I didn't understand the joke. I have to ask somebody, what is wrong with the two of them? Why are they <laughs> quarreling over who goes, who does not go? <laughs> now, if suddenly you see me sit down like that, I start again, you know, oh, Pastor, do you have a new friend? Did somebody pay for a complete bouquet of DSTV for you, and you feel you must get value for money? <laughs> you, you know, something different happened in my life. No, it doesn't just come out of the blues. A relationship changed. Something changed. 
That's what I'm saying. Anything you want to get involved in, ask yourself, what is this one introducing into my body? They introduce the spirit. They always do. They always do. They always do. I went to that trying to explain something that sometimes what people think they're trying to prevent is actually the door by which they allow spirits. Listen, spirits are always looking for doors. They can't just, you know, the earth is interesting. There's a way spiritual things are. They can't just live where they are and just come down to another place. They must have a door. Somebody must open a door for them. That's why you hear Jesus teach about doors. You know, he will tell you that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There has to be a way. Somebody has to create something. He will tell you that um, I'm the door to the sheepfold. He will explain those things to you. Spiritual, that's how they are. They always look for doors. They always look for doors. They always look for doors. And of course, they will never tell you I'm a door for evil. They always come disguised as an angel of what? Of light. So they will say, let us help you with your health. And they take your eyes away from the source of life, the word of God. And they focus on your diet. When they are done, they have introduced the spirit of infirmity. Suddenly, you lose appetite, you develop anorexia nervosa. Food is, you, you will hate food. You can't eat with thanksgiving. Your stone, you develop ulcers. Where did it begin, begin from? It began from the time you thought your food was a source of life. Now be going around, you're a, they say you're a calorie counter. I know that calorie counting, the people don't know. <laughs> Human beings are claiming things into their lives. It's only been shown to prolong life in rats. Are you a rat? These are experiments done over two, three weeks, one month, two months, published, that rats that are fed minimal amount of food live longer than rats that are not fed, that are fed too much food. For that reason, human beings say, hey, calorie counting must prolong life. Are you a rat? Are you a rat? Did you hear that God breathed into the nose of, uh, what do you call it, Tom and Jerry? And he, Tom, uh, <laughs> which one of them is a rat again? I don't know whether it's Tom or the Jerry. Jerry. And Jerry became a living soul. Ever heard of that? God said to the earth, bring forth Jerry. And Jerry came out of the earth. That was it. When he came to a human being, he formed and breathed into him the breath of life. And that man became a living soul. What's powering your life is not what is powering Jerry's life. 